Hey, everybody. Hello. Okay. Uh, welcome to episode... Hi. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, welcome to episode 97 of the Big Planet Comics podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of episodes. It is a lot of episodes. We're creeping up on episode 100. Pretty soon we're going to let you guys know where that when that is. We're going to do a live show. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. It's going to be live in the store. And live and in full effect. In one of the stores we're trying to decide. Yep. <laughs> but probably in the DC store. Yeah. It's maybe official now. Uh, <laughs> my name is Kevin. I'm Nick. I'm Jared. And here we are. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we also have a special episode coming up next week. We're going to do a Halloween episode. Oh, yeah. We're just going to talk about scary comics. The scary stuff. Like scary stuff. We're going to tell fear, some scary stories. Fear of death, social anxieties. Stuff like that. We, wow. should, we should do a reading, a reading of something from Scary Stories. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna review some episodes of Goosebumps <laughs> and Are You Afraid of the Dark? It's gonna be good stuff. We're gonna have uh, R.L. Stein on the show. Yeah, R.L. Stein is definitely gonna be here. Uh, so, what's been going on, you guys? Uh, wait, we haven't said this in a while. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Mm-hmm. You should do that too. Check us out on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Twitter at Big Planet Comics. Follow me at, on Twitter at Kevin Panetta. You can find out when I have to go pee. All the time. All the the time. Uh, And, um, yeah, I think that's most of the stuff. Follow our Tumblr as well. I mean, you know, if you want to, you don't have to. It's fine. We'll be fine. We like it. We'll be fine either way. Uh, So what have you guys been doing? Jared, Jared, what's been up? What's going on? Uh, I saw two movies of note. I saw The Fifth Estate, the new WikiLeaks movie. With with Joy and Assange. Yep. I heard it was really good. It was great. What? I don't believe you. It was super intense. Benedict. Cabbage Patch? Yep. Yep. And he was patching it up. Smaug. Yeah, it looks good to me. He's dancing the whole time. Smaug, yeah, isn't in... it? <laughs> yeah. Cool. No, it was intense. It was really good. I'm like, I know what happens. Oh, my God, what's going to happen? And then I saw uh, Room 237. That movie is great. Documentary about the crazy, crazy people yeah. who think they're crazy, it's crazy things. on Netflix things. now. i got to watch uh, it. That's, uh, yeah, in uh, The Shining. That's why I watched it on Netflix. It yeah. was amazing. I love the way that's set up because it, the movie looks beautiful because it's just shots from The Shining. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, it's just crazy people talking about their crazy theories. Some of which make a lot of sense. Well, I don't know. <laughs> like, no, man. What, like about that? He totally uh, faked the moon landing. <laughs> yeah, and The Shining was his apology. Yeah. I it's love not that. his apology. It was his, like, secret message to tell everyone the truth. <laughs> yeah. Or it's the uh, about the eradication of the Native Americans. That I totally did not believe. <laughs> yeah, but it's a great movie. Definitely worth checking out. There's actually interesting stuff in it too that yeah. is not c- crazy. Like people, I thought one of the most interesting things were when they talk the about um, Danny's uh, the layout of yeah, the hotel, the yeah. layout of the hotel when he's riding around on his uh, on his big wheel. I thought that part was really that cool. was fascinating. Yeah, 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 like yeah, that's a good movie. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> what about you, Nick? What's been going on? Um, I've been. I stayed at this hotel. No, I don't know. <laughs> wow. I was going to go into this shy, that this was a shining shy joke thing. That didn't I thought you got <laughs> thrown out of your house again. Uh, <laughs> I say no to <laughs> um, nothing. I did. I didn't do anything interesting. I uh, ate a lot of pho this week. I don't know how I did that, but I ended up eating it like four times this week. Ate a lot of yogurt. That was good. I ate a lot of yogurt. Yep. I had some, <laughs> some kind of stomach problem. Keep going. Not, not related to the pho. Bringing it together. Before that. Yeah. I don't know. Nothing, Is that nothing, it? Nothing of note. Cool. Oh well, oh, well, my uh, my crazy uh, reporter friends came into town. I forgot about that. They're in with like the whole gang of them. They all work for CNN, and they're all telling me terrible journalist stories that were terrifyingly awesome. Sounds good. It was. <laughs> How about you, Kevin? Uh, let's see. I started working on Zodiac Star Force a lot again. Nice. <laughs> what does that mean? Give us uh, details behind the scenes. Well, so uh, we're probably about to announce this, but we're going to start posting our like uh, Zodiac Star Force Adventures comics, our black and white comics. So we're going to yes. start doing a bunch of those right now. Excellent. We're going to be working on the main comic in the background a little bit for a little while. So okay. just trying to put a pitch together for a publisher. Cool. It's a lot of work. So, so we want to keep 
post and stuff at yeah. the same time. That's so the, the adventures are going to be like more like the one that we did, the little one, the silver covered yep, one? Yep, the one for SPX, yeah, yeah. So how many, like, are you trying to do like pages at a time or just what? Yeah, is I think your... we're going to put up two pages a week, awesome. starting with the one that we did for SPX. That so that'll awesome. post first. And then, uh, and then yeah, we should have some more stuff. That's a, that's the comic I do with uh, Paulina, who does all our podcast pictures. Yeah. She's, she's the best. She's a badass. And, uh, yeah, cool. So that's basically what I've been doing. Yeah. Writing some other stuff, too. Working on a horror story that I'm doing with another friend of mine. So Is that why we're doing a Halloween podcast? Yeah, I'm just going to talk about that the whole time. <laughs> but yeah, if you guys don't read Zodiac Star Force, go to ZodiacStarForce.com. It's free. And check it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about it. I've been just doing a lot of writing stuff. Sounds good. Yeah, I watched a couple movies. I watched Rise of the Guardians. Uh, Owls oh. of Gagoo. Ga- oh, no. You mean the Owls of Gahoo? Uh, oh. I thought that was the sequel. I, I watched Rise of the Garden. The one with Santa Claus? It was all right. Yeah, it was okay. Santa Claus? Yeah, it's like uh, oh, Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny. I'm, I only watch like baby movies now. <laughs> <laughs> I exclusively watch research. 3D animated movies. I might watch Mulan later tonight. Oh, there that you go. Sounds That's good. not a baby yeah. movie. That is a baby movie. It's a full grown adult movie. It's, it's for full grown adults. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's pretty much all I've been doing. I've been reading some you comics. Go get some golden delicious food. Did I? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I do that often. I went to... I know. Tell yeah, us about it. Uh, so some friends of mine came into town from Cincinnati, and uh, we went to uh, GBD, which is a really cool place here in D.C. Yeah, it's place a, is great. Golden Brown and Delicious. It's, it's a fried chicken and donut place. What else so do you need? Uh, my roommate ordered a Luther. Oh, oh really? I, had one, I had one of those last yeah. time I went there. Oh God, pretty, pretty intense. Yeah, yeah. So the Luther, if, for people that don't yep. know, because um, most <laughs> people that know people? are they're dead, uh, <laughs> is uh, a a piece of fried chicken. Or yep. Traditionally, it's a hamburger, but yeah. this is a fried chicken and donut place. Piece of fried chicken between two donuts. Yeah, but it's also got bacon in it. Yep, it <laughs> oh, does. Boy. And they, it's named for Luther Vandross because he used to eat the uh, the hamburger version. Wow, wow. And it's covered in maple syrup. It is. It was really good. Why, why it seems really intense. You should go get it. Right <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, and that place is always fun. Yeah, that's about it. That's what I've been doing. That's good. I've been watching a lot of anime. Guys, a lot more than I did. <laughs> like oh, watching yeah, TV watching and TV going and out to eat. <laughs> I, I did watch Karate Kid. Oh, there you go. Which one? The first one? Jackie yeah. Chan. I, I still don't watch that one. J- Jaden. I don't know if I should. Wait, which is the Jaden? Jaden Smith. Jaden Smith. Smith. What's Willow Smith? Is the other one? Willow. Have we talked about this before? The fact that the Uh-oh. daughter is named after the mother. And the son is named after no the no, daughter's the other, named after the father yeah the daughter's named after the father and the son is named after the mother mm. that is true yeah that's that weird is really weird weird stuff I thought you were named after you... Willow like the character the character uh, from, from the movie from the movie Willow oh. uh, that might be the case too I don't know maybe I'm mistaken <laughs> I haven't done much research uh, yeah so that's all that's about it <laughs> all right <laughs> watching Willow a movie I own oh, oh I should so watch good. Willow you should you should Man. watch Willow uh, Willow is not as good as you remember it being yeah yeah it is no that, that's true parts of it are not. But uh, Nick is on a quest to to hit up all the classic 80s yeah. movies. It's definitely the best. Well, no, that's not true. But it's one of the best things Val Comer's been in. Yeah, my girlfriend hasn't I seen I forgot it. about Ghost in the Darkness. My girlfriend, <laughs> I know he's great. My girlfriend hasn't seen anything. So, like, literally any movies. So I'm, try, <laughs> any I'm, try, movies I'm trying to get horror. her to watch as many as I can. Has she seen Pitch Perfect? No. What? She probably would like it. That's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah, so those are the movies we watched. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Indeed. You guys want to do some news? Yeah, sure. Let's sure. do it. This just in a whole lot of books are ending. Ta-da. Yep, basically. <laughs> so first of all, we got Daredevil. Ending with issue 36. It's on what, 32 just came out, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, sales are terrible. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mark Wade is just done. 
yeah, this is what he what he wants to do. Seems like a book that's ending on its own terms, which is good. Yeah, and I'm sure three years on a book is pretty good. And really. I'm sure it's relaunching part of all new Marvel now. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah it's been a good book i'm glad it's like you know it's i guess it switched at one point from paolo rivera and marcus martin to chris samney but he's been most of it yeah yeah he's been fantastic on it and and mark wade's written the whole thing and it's been like one big story and it's been really good it's great yeah um uh fearless defenders also ending in december a little less of a surprise maybe yeah Yeah, it hasn't been selling very well yeah cullen bunn i like his other stuff like i like um six gun Gun a lot the damned yeah but uh his superhero stuff has never really caught my attention yeah it's always good but not great yeah like some of his wolverine stuff was okay and i thought fearless defenders was okay but i don't know it's just it's it, it, it wasn't blowing anybody away yeah yeah um also ending uh there's some dc books ending we got green team Ending with issue number eight. Uh, uh, who saw that coming? Yeah, us. I mean, we literally in our review <clears throat> in the Vienna store. We sell one copy. So of do we. Team. Yeah. We <laughs> sell one copy. Um, sell also, two. ending is Vibe and Katana. See, Katana, we sell two copies. Shockers! Of. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so Katana, we sell like six copies. Of. Oh boy! I was like how? Um, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it's like weird because Green Team officially they they came out and they were like this is ending with this issue like in the new solicitation, right. but uh, Vibe and Katana just were missing. Oh boy! And they resolicited the trades and they were like now these are bigger and they have all the issues <laughs> that have yeah, come that out. Makes sense. Yeah, so so those are pretty much over as well. Wow. Yeah. Um, in better news, I guess IDW has opened a TV division because uh, their sales have grown by. 35%. Yeah, I guess they have wow. a bunch of a bunch of books. The uh, riding on that My Little Pony Express. Yeah, the, one of the weird things about this is a lot of the IDW stuff is licensed property. Yeah, it's not like they're, <laughs> yeah. they're going to make like uh, a My Little Pony cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. Uh yeah, but I guess I guess they, you know, Lock and Key yeah. has been moving forward and I guess something's going to happen with that. That'd be a cool show. Yeah. I don't have they actually had a couple things in production now? Well, Lock and Key has gone through a few different iterations. Right. I mean, there was a pilot shot for oh, one. Oh, point. really? Yeah. Oh, um, wow. And it was going to be an HBO show. And so they've got, like, enough, like, Hollywood money has come through that they probably boosted up on yeah. that, Yeah, and they've got so. a few smaller books that maybe weren't huge sellers but are the kind of things that make good yep. properties, like stuff like The Cape or, uh, like, yeah. uh, 68, the uh-huh. that, like, zombie war right. thing. So, yeah, I think, uh, you, you know, I'll be curious to see. Basically what they said is in their um, statement was, they're following a path similar to Marvel Studios, and IDW plans to develop and finance its own projects and retain the rights, thereby maintaining more creative and financial control. That's Ooh. a good idea. So we're going to see, like, an Avengers-type movie with My Little Pony, G.I. <laughs> Joe, and a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Oh, my God. Sounds good. That could be the best movie ever made. Yeah, as long as My Little Pony isn't actually in it. Oh. Uh, was there ever a G.I. Joe Ninja Turtles crossover? Jared, you would know this. No. Not that I know of. No. There was that amazing G.I. Joe Transformers crossover... That took place during World War II. So good. And Jay Lee did all the art for it. Yeah. It was was actually good, which is, I know, hard to believe. Well, here's another thing that's not actually written on this piece of paper I have in front of me. Go on. But uh, Ben Kingsley recently announced that he he just filmed something for Marvel. A Mandarin movie? (laughs) Like, like, yeah, an underground Mandarin movie. He just filmed something for Marvel and, like, uh, he just kind of dropped weird cryptic hints about it. Um, most money is on that it's either like a after credits like thing or it's maybe one of the short films that they put on the DVDs or something. Oh, but, I can oh, see that. That'd be cool. Like a background. But it's such a weird thing. Like so of all the characters to bring back. Like, I don't know, man. Ben Mandarin's King, amazing. No, I mean, funny though. He, he's, yeah. he's hilarious in it, but it's such a weird thing. Like why, what, what would he, what would there be any reason for him to come back? I mean, it could just be a cameo, you know, right. just like a little funny thing. He just walks by. Red Skull comes back and teams up with him. Or he has a TV show or something, you know, you yeah. never know what it, right. what it would be. Yeah, but, that's uh, true. 
Yeah, I actually liked Iron Man 3, I think, a lot more than a lot of people. Yeah, I loved it. I yeah. thought it was fun. Yeah, it, it was you know, it was basically a lethal weapon movie, but I was okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then another news, we got some Paul Pope-related news that Jared's going to tell us about. Woohoo! So, Battling Boy is the best. Uh, the second part of it is coming out next year, but Paul Pope announced that uh, in, when is it, July next year, he will be doing a prequel book called... The Rise of Aurora West, who's one of the characters in there, uh, but it's going to be co-written with another person, and art will be by David Rubin, which is a kind of weird thing. Do we know who David Rubin is? Nope. Anybody ring any bells? No. I haven't um, researched. <clears throat> that's weird, though. Uh, the Rise of Aurora West wouldn't seem like a prequel, right? Yeah, so I'm not sure. Like, she's definitely a teen who's ready to rise in yeah, Battling Yeah, Boy. it seems like in Battling Boy, is yeah. half of the story is yeah, the rise strange. of Aurora West. So maybe it's not a prequel. Maybe it's just a... Because he did say in the thing that he was hoping to kind of build this up into like a Hellboy or Sin City world where just like multiple stories take place. That sounds good to me. So, sounds yeah. cool. Battling Boy awesome. is the best. Yep. Cool. And you said there's going to be a new THP Yeah, so hopefully too. after that, he'll finish up Battling Boy Part 2 in 2014. And then after that, uh, the THB series, which is his first comic book he ever did. Is it? Um, his third. Ballad of Dr. Richardson was the first? <clears throat> yeah, St. Ticholo was his first. Second was Ballad of Dr. Richardson. And then he started doing THB, which is a fun, what, teenage adventure series, much like Battling Boy, but set on Mars. And he's never finished it. And it's been working out for like 10, 20 years. And he keeps redrawing the first issues. Uh, so hopefully that will be coming out in collections. And he might even finish it up. And they're working on the color Escapo, too. So that, that, oh, that, really? that's going to come out, that's too. Sweet. Yeah. So so that should be pretty awesome. I think it's the same guy that re- that recolored all the um, one-trick rip-off stuff. Oh, that's, good. Yeah. That's a good it's choice. like a Paul Pope explosion. Yeah, finally. Yeah, yeah. No, it's time. I mean, he's had all his... He's had a million projects going for a yeah. long time. Well, the also, fact that Battling Boy is even out is like a miracle. Yeah. Well, Battling yeah. Boy like got optioned very early, right? So he's been working on that, too. So To be made into a film. Or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah it seems like it. So <clears throat> that should be exciting. Battling Boy is, by the way... The best. It's so good. good. Yeah. Well, cool. That's it for news. Uh, You know, just some some sad cancellations and then some happy stuff, too. (laughs) Yay. Yeah. All right. We got a bunch of questions this week. Yay. Which is awesome. So you guys want to do that? Yes. Yes, All right. Let's do it. All right. Up first this week, we got a question from Paul Vodra. He says, hey, guys, first off, love the show. Hey, hey, you know what? Pivo. We love you. Uh, that's, that's not, not from Pivo. Paul Vodra. First question is from Aaron Myers. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron says, hey, guys, first off, I love the show. Oh, thanks. Sorry, Aaron. We love Pivo. <laughs> <laughs> We're going exclusive. Second off, I have a question for you. Uh, he says, so there's no argument that there's a lot of amazing self-published small press books out there. True. But most being $5 to $8 each, uh, you can't really just try them all. That's true. That's true. Uh, besides all the amazing retrofit comics out there, what would you say are like the top five self-published books I should get? Only ones I can actually buy and have mailed, not ones I have to go to the person's house and pick up in person. Yeah, good point. Thanks for all the awesome. Thank you, Aaron Myers. And we're sorry yeah. about that whole thing with Pivo, but you know, <laughs> it's the way life goes sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so <clears throat> that's a that's a tough question. I'd say a lot of the stuff by Oily is pretty cool. That's true. Yeah, well, the thing with that, too, is if you're talking about books that are $5 and $8, you can you can get a bunch of the oily books, which are published by uh, Charles Forsman, and they're all $1. Yep. yep. He started branching out to some more longer story ones that are more expensive than that, but most of them are still a book. Yeah, yeah. and... Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff. I, th- I think it's, it's cool. Uh, supporting local people is cool. So, I mean, there's a lot of... Uh, 
a lot of people coming out of uh, Baltimore right now that are pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fantasy Basketball by Sam Bosmo, which we've, of course, talked about on here, is the best. Uh, what do you, uh, And, yeah, uh, Hick and Hawk is putting out a lot of really good stuff. Uh, they, picked up, they picked up the Bowman stuff. And, uh, yeah, they've been doing a lot of good stuff. You can buy Nick Nick's comic, Gang War. It's true. You can buy Kevin's comic. Zodiac Star Force. Yeah. Dot com. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's called. Uh, uh, Cartoon yeah. Picayune, I recommend. Um, yeah, Cartoon Picayune's great. That's, uh, like, a... Um, uh, journalistic comic. Yeah, it's like uh, this American life in comic form. Um, it's, it's like slice of life kind of things, but all true investigative all tr- journalism, true stories. Yeah, but yeah, there's like just a ton of stuff coming out all the time. So it's kind of it's kind of tough to pick like very few. I mean, fantasy basketball is definitely great. Yeah. I think that's getting a new printing pretty soon. Oh, awesome. Um, I think uh, another one that's been really great is oh my gosh, I just forgot his name. Who did Haunter? Why did I just forget his name? Haunter. I don't. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but the uh, I was. Oh my gosh! Uh, Sam Alden is that who did that? Yeah. Oh yeah, Sam Alden. His stuff has been fantastic. So, recently. and a lot of his stuff is just available for free on his Tumblr. So it's in a lot of ways, it's much less where do you buy the stuff and much more like how do you find it and read it for free on right. their Tumblrs. Yeah. It, so the internet explosion of that has been really strong in the last few years yeah that's the thing too it's like you can you can read so much of it online and then you know figure out who you like the best right. and then buy stuff um and then uh who's the guy that did streakers that's a really great uh, oh, book. uh nick mandag nick. i think his yeah. name is uh that's definitely worth checking out yeah i don't know there's just tons of great stuff uh it's been collected now but uh end of the effing world oh yeah, uh, of is is so, so good. good. Started out as mini comics and now is its own book. Yeah, now uh, his current one is Teen Creeps, which we talked about. Oh like my all, God, all, all the oily know. stuff is always is one of the best ways to go right now, just because. Oh, plus they, they have also, monthly comics that are a dollar. Yeah, and, and like a bunch of them. You know? Like Retrofit, they do a subscription program where you can just be like send me comics, and once a month he will put like five mini comics, and they'll show up in your mailbox. Right. So it's like. Yeah. It's amazing. That's yeah, cool. another one I like a lot. Uh, the first three issues are out. The fourth one's about to come out soon. Is uh, called Operation Margarine by oh, Katie right. Skelly, oh, and so uh, she she does great stuff. Very uh, Fred says she's very Junko Mizuno influenced. Yeah, that's really um, good. But that's a really good thing. And uh, yeah, Operation Margarine still has one more issue, and then I think it's coming out as a trade from Secret Acres or Ad House at some point yeah, next awesome. year. Yeah. So uh, yeah, try those out. Oh yeah, uh, our own Andy K. Yeah, uh, who works at our Vienna store has amazing comics that he does too. Yep, Mind Games and The Secret Origin of John Elway, both fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so. um, man, uh, a good place to try also is uh, Spit and a Half. Uh, is run by John Porcelino, who uh, does King Cat comics. Spit and a Half is his distribution wing, uh, so he will just kind of find cool mini comics and put them for sale on there. I'm having deja vu. Did we talk about some of this just very recently? Probably. Maybe. Yeah, I remember talking about Spit and a Half. And but yeah, that's a good place to go out. check out. He has pretty good taste and will definitely have a lot of interesting things on there. So, yeah. cool. Well, hopefully that uh, answers your question, Aaron Myers. Thanks for the question. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for being great. Yep. <laughs> All right, our next question's up from Pivo. Paul Vodra, I'm swooning over here, you guys, just thinking about him. Woo. Yeah, woo. I got the vapors. Uh, what do you think about the colorization of books like Bone and Scott Pilgrim? Do the colors enhance the overall package significantly, or is it just a cheap ploy to get us to buy the books again? Um, <clears throat> well, Bone's an interesting one because yeah. Bone started out in black and white, but by the time it ended, the comics were coming out in color, or they were yep. at some point, right? They did. Oh, was it the color edition through Image or something? Yeah, it was Image recoloring remember. the early issues that were out of print. Oh, oh maybe. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but, uh, crazy. <clears throat> I mean, the thing with Bone is it's really well colored. Yeah, and uh, I think actually with Bone it does over, it does over, like enhance the story overall, mm-hmm. um, or not the story, but you know just the sort of quality yeah. of it. Scott Pilgrim, I think the colorization is good. I just I don't 
it doesn't really add much for me. Yeah. Scott Pilgrim is a, uh, is a book that is very specifically black and white. Maybe it's just in yeah. my mind. But, no, that's uh, the thing with a lot of them. <clears throat> uh, like for example, uh, Stan Sakai who did Usagi Yojimbo, when he went with Dark Horse, like one of his many publishing things when he went to Dark Horse for a while, they put out his books in color. And yeah. then when he went, uh, to back to black and white or whatever it was he when they started getting collected they were coming out in black and white and he said he actually would go back and dr- add details to his color his his original drawings that were intended for color because he's like you can do things in color like have a sunset in the background and since you can't do that in black and white i would add details to make like the sky darker and stuff sure so like that he actually said you know these are different <laughs> processes right so like if you're doing that that's one thing if you're like Thinking like this is a black and white book, and now I'm going to switch it to color or vice versa. I think that's one thing. But now, as far as like being a cheap ploy to get you to buy the books again, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, in a sense, yeah, it is. I think, um, I think with Scott Pilgrim, it seems a little bit more like that's what it is. Like yeah. they were looking to get extra revenue from these Scott Pilgrim books. Right. Yeah, but at least they're hardcover and bigger. Yeah, no, they're so nice, nicer size art. But yeah. I don't feel like it was a thing that people were clamoring for. Nope. No, and with Bone, it was more to to, to get to get it to younger readers. They have trouble getting into black and white stuff. That, I wouldn't say younger. I'd say most readers. I think in a lot of ways it's true. A good but especially younger tactic. readers, they, yeah. they mostly will not read stuff in black and white. And of course, Bone was uh, really popular for a while. Yeah. I mean, it's been really popular for a long time. But I think when those color editions came out it, through Scholastic and they yeah. started, uh, you know, showing up at schools and stuff like yep. that, I think that's when it really became the sort of sensation that it is now. Yep. And uh, yeah, I, I think and it couldn't have happened of, if they came out in black and white. I, I mean, think. it could have, and and they were pretty popular at the time when the collections yeah. were in black and white. And of course, that was during the big manga boom when everything was in black and white. <laughs> so, so people weren't point. really, um, you know, a lot a lot of younger kids were used to reading that stuff yeah. already. But uh, yeah, I think it goes both ways. But the yeah. the, the nice thing is. If you want to read Bone in black and white, you can still get it in black and white. That's true. And if you want to read Scott Pilgrim in black and white, it's still available that way, too. So it's it's not like we don't have, like, a Star Wars special edition <laughs> situation not yet, on though. our hands or, like, an E.T.-type situation where you just uh, you can only get the version where they have walkie-talkies instead of guns. Yeah, I hear they're oh, taking boy. all the swords out of the new Bone editions <laughs> <laughs> and replacing them with uh, just flowers. They're taking the dragons out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So thanks for the question, Paul Vodra. Yeah, we, thanks. We love you. Uh, <laughs> our next question is from Joe McCove. Is it McCove or McCovey? Or Machove. Machove. I don't know. Okay. Joe, let us know. <clears throat> hey, Joe. Let us know. Uh, he says, uh, to coincide with Pretty Deadly, you guys should talk about the pattern of big image releases. They publish a ton of books in general. Yep. But they also seem to be slowly adding upper tier books that arrive with a ton of fanfare and hoopla. Uh, are they doing anything new or does it just seem like a bigger deal than it is? Um, that's an interesting question. It's, I think in part of it is that there's a lot of big name people who've done very well through like commercial or not commercial, but properties they don't own, like Ed Brubaker, who, you know, started off many comics and stuff and then went to Marvel and then realized that, oh, I've got a big enough name that I can do my own book through image, own mm-hmm. the rights, work with my favorite artist guy who did my Marvel book. You know, it's like these people have arrived enough that they can like, why give your money and your commercial rights away to these things? Yeah, I think the interesting thing with with the big like the sort of hot image number ones that come out or whatever is it's not like it's it's not trading off of much of anything besides the ideas and the creators. So right. it's like it's like when Saga number one came out and it was a huge hit. It's because people were really excited for a new Brian K. Vaughn book. Yep. Right. It wasn't because it had Wolverine in it or something right, like that. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, and it did feel like a new story, you know. And, yeah. and something like Pretty Deadly, which we'll talk about later in this episode, like the, that book feels really fresh and like something new. And I think that's why people are excited about it. Um, so 
you know, it's to, to ask whether it's new stuff or not, I think is like, well, what's, what's really new? I mean, all those things are kind mm-hmm. of genre things and they're, they're like, Oh, it's like a cross between star Wars and game of Thrones or whatever. And, uh, but I think, I think image has gotten a sort of uh a lot of cred recently yeah they've got that kind of cachet now yeah where it's like you want to check out this stuff and you can kind of tell the difference between the books that are right the ones that are right really good and then the ones that are like a shadow line book or something (laughs) like that but yeah i think i'm always excited to see what's new even if i don't end up liking it i think some of it might be now that um robert kirkman's been in charge the last few years he's probably kind of trying to seek out more of these people and get them to, to to come over to image yeah, um, I think that's true, right. and um, and you know, he, I think he's probably a lot better to work with than some of the people at Marvel yeah, right. uh, uh, and DC. But something like Icon is interesting at right. Marvel, but also I just don't. It it just doesn't feel like the way that Image does, where you no. feel like th- they're not really um, they're not really reining these creators in over an Image. Right. They're letting mm-hmm. them do what they want to do, and I think uh, I think some good stuff is coming out of it. I yeah. think a part of it too is that just at least with Walking Dead, you had a lot of properties from Image that have been getting options for movies and TV shows. So that's been building the hoopla. Like the next big thing is coming from image. Yeah. So even though like often it's options and then nothing happens with it, like Peter pounds or Faust, or, you know, a few others that almost made it or are still in development. Hell, like that's kind of the feeling like this is the company to watch. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think that's legitimate. And the fact yeah. that they're putting out good books makes yep. it so it's not like, here's the big hot thing. And then you go in and you're like, well, what is this? Is it just the thing I'm collecting? It's, it's, it's not. It's like a, a quality book that's good to read, hopefully. Yeah, most they're of the time. getting buzzed because they're great. Yep, exactly. So, uh, yeah, what was the question? <laughs> uh, are they doing anything new, or does it seem like a bigger deal than it is? I think we kind of answered that. Yeah. 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 Uh, thanks for the question, Joe. Uh, up next, we got a sort of a question. This is from Caitlin Lamb. She says, two of Vienna's long-term customers are engaged. That's her and our co- our other customer James Fahey. So oh, congratulations! I she was talking about you and Andy. No, <laughs> uh, they got uh, they got engaged in New York Comic Con. So congratulations! Nice at Comic Con. At Comic Con. Where were they dressed as? I, I don't know the details. Who proposed <laughs> to who? Uh, James came into the store and talked to us for like two hours about everything that happened at Comic Con, oh, wow. but did not tell us that he got engaged. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so there was, it was supposed to be a secret for a little while. Yeah, I think I think it was because they hadn't actually like announced it on Facebook and right. stuff at that point. But congratulations, you guys. Yeah. yeah. Congrats. <laughs> Booyaka. <laughs> uh, okay. Up next, we got a question from Daniel Marquez. Uh, he says, uh, what are some great ongoing creative teams? For example, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. We'll just go around the table here. Jared. Brian Kivon and Miss Staples. Oh, do, do you think that's like, uh, I see, I think of this as like people that have worked oh, on multiple projects yeah, together. To, then I will. Oh man. Well, I mean, the, the first one that comes to mind to me, which seems pretty obvious, is uh, Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely. Yeah. That's who, true. Who have yeah, done, established um, themselves you know, as... JLA Earth 2 and uh, All-Star Superman. We 3. And, yeah, are just like a team. Yeah. They're buds. Um, uh, Steve Dillon and Garth Ennis yep. are, are another one, I think. Peter Milligan and... Uh... Brendan McCarthy. Oh, uh, Israeli and... Uh... Oh, yeah, Disraeli and... Um... Gosh, who writes all this stuff? Oh, oh Ian Eddington. Ian Eddington, yeah. yeah. And and they're my, one of my favorites. Yeah, H.P. Oh, yeah. uh, Lovecraft and I.N.J. Colbert. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. For some reason, uh, Morrison and Quitely just like that clouds the rest of my mind. Like I can't think of. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, they're they're a good one because they, they've done so many different projects together, as opposed to just like you know one big thing. Right. Mike Mignola and Mike Mignola. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, not anymore. Mike Mignola and uh, and Guy Davis. 
Oh man, who did the new Hellboy that just came out? Oh, this Duncan Fregredo. Yeah, they actually the do a ton of that stuff. Was amazing. It's really good. I haven't read it yet, but the art oh, looks incredible. Hellboy goes when he's a kid. He goes off and finds a haunted evil circus. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean Frank Frank Miller and Jeff Darrow did a couple really oh, cool true. things together back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So those ones. Warren Ellis and Juan Jose Rip. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. So hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure there's some more that we're not Does remembering. Does Hickman have any go-to guys for art? He's done a lot. Not really. He's he's definitely kind of bounced around, around between a bunch of people. Uh, well, as um, long as he's not drawing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he he was doing illustrating for, for a long time. But, uh, yeah. All right. So um, we got another question from Matt Dembiski. Yep. Matt says, will the podcast have a new theme song for episode 100? I guess you'll just have to show up and see. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and also, what are your favorite Halloween-related TV cartoons? I think we're gonna save this. We'll save that question for next oh, week. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, because we're doing our Halloween episode with all about horror comics and things that. like that. So, Matt, let, all your questions will be answered in the future. We <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, oh. should say that people should send us more Halloween, yeah. Halloween questions for next week. Yeah, yeah. Send us a bunch of Halloween questions for next week. That would oh, be awesome. Should, about should. anything it doesn't have to be comics related. No, that's true. Just anything yeah. monster, horror movies, stuff like zombie. Halloween related TV we, cartoons. We should get a Ouija board and a Magic Eight Ball for next episode. We can just pretend like we have one. Shh. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have one. I, I already have one. It's right here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. So wow, that's great. Spooky. Oh my god, there's a ghost coming out of it. <laughs> it's moving. <laughs> <laughs> it's moving all its own. Uh, we got one last question. We also have a voicemail coming up, but but uh, one last uh, text question. Text question. <laughs> one question we will reenact. Uh, are there any graphic novels or stories that were critically hailed, but on a second read, you think don't hold up as well? Watchmen. Ryan Letourneau. Ooh. Is that true? Oh, sorry. Before Watchmen. Uh, well, there did you like that? Acclaimed. <laughs> yeah. Um, my thing hmm. with that is I don't reread a ton of comics. No, I was trying to think of it. Mouse. It would it'd have to be something that we loved and we reread and it's not as good. Yeah, um, and that, that's not something that's really happened to me that much. I, the things that I tend to reread are the, like, don't tend to be the things that are, like, the best. They're just they're the things that are critically hailed. He says specifically critically hailed. Things. Yeah. So, well, like, I, stuff... I can see stuff that, like, has a big name on it. It's definitely, like, some of their later work. You know, where people just be like, oh, it's not as good. Yeah. Like, I, f- I feel like more this is just like, did, like if you read Mouse and then you read it again and you didn't like it as much. Yeah. Yeah. Which, to me, the stuff I reread is like dumb stuff. Which is silly but fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's it's like if I'm going to rewatch a movie, it's probably not going to be, um, you know. Chandler's uh, List. Yeah, or Wages <laughs> of Fear or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's going to yeah. be Dazed and Confused. Yeah, I'm not going to yeah. go see, uh, like... 12 years of slave like twice yeah <laughs> back to back <laughs> but uh in the theater yeah so i Play guess it again i guess the answer is no oh actually you know what blankets i reread really? i reread blankets i didn't like it nearly as much as the first time i read uh-huh. it see i bet there's more stuff like that that is the first work of someone that kind of blows us away and then i, I think a lot of stuff is like in time you know you're like oh this was groundbreaking for the time like a lot of early alan moore stuff yeah we're like this is amazing but like so many people have built off or riffed off of it in 20 years or 30 years that it's no longer as fresh as it I seemed feel, I see feel, i was so young when all that stuff came out like i wasn't reading that stuff right right, right. so I, what I, was, I was gonna say i was like i feel like there's more stuff that i've read now that were critically critically right. acclaimed like back in the day that i don't like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like what like what's a like mouse i don't like really mouse. yeah i don't know Mouse is just a weird thing for me. I don't, I don't nah, like there it for go. some reason. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I can, I can understand that. I'm not a, I'm it's not right. the biggest Art Spiegelman fan in general. Yeah. But it just uh, bores me. I don't know. Yeah, um, I think Mouse is a is a good book though. But uh, yeah. It, yeah, it's good. <laughs> I, yeah, just, yeah. I just don't like it. Yeah, I mean, 
I like Powerpuff Girls classics. That's that's like my speed <laughs> these days. Yeah. Uh, I bet there's more superhero books like that because that especially is falls into the kind of like yeah, but I love this as a kid. Ones. Some, no, I don't know. I feel are. like the Claremont run on yeah. um, on on Candy mm-hmm. X Men is like oh, that's still good. Yeah, well, is it? I don't is know. Man. Oh wow. I, <laughs> I mean, there's it. there's some interesting stuff that happened in it, and it's really groundbreaking. But going back and reading it, it's pretty tough because yeah. they were still writing for a monthly audience, so right. they mm-hmm. were recapping the story for pages every month, and had to go back and read that in a collection is a kind of a slog in my mind yeah but yeah, conversely the yeah. the frank miller daredevil stuff is is great when you go back yeah. and read that so yeah. um yeah i don't know i don't know the answer is i don't know i don't know like actually blankets is my answer i didn't like <laughs> star i didn't like starman as much as i wanted to all right like people you know yeah. it was super acclaimed and everybody was like it's great it's great and i i, I read most of it like i never finished it just because i it, it wasn't as captivating to me i, I mean because it's dated i think i think that was a weird time when stuff like starman came out where it was like it didn't exist it yeah. was like people were like oh you can do stories like this with superheroes but now that just seems boring because that's because it happens so, so many times that was yeah. also the middle of the 90s where people were desperate for good things yeah so. i sure. think that's probably true um yeah so thanks for the question ryan uh we've got a voicemail so why don't we do that you guys Voicemail, technical difficulties, so let's do some reviews. We love comics, they're swell, except when they're written by Scott Lovedell. I prefer important books like Louis Riel. It's time for reviews. Up first this week, we've got Dogs of War, which is a new graphic novel published by... First Second? First Second. Uh, written by Sheila Keenan with art by Nathan Fox. And this is, uh, is it was it four stories? Three stories uh, about dogs in war. The first one was in is in World War I. Mm-hmm. Second one's in World War II. Third one's in Vietnam. Vietnam. Jared, why don't you tell people what's going on in these stories? Uh, so basically they're trying to find different examples of how dogs have been used in military situations. So the first one is a young guy who is, his dog has been trained to sneak out into out of the trenches at night. Boots. Uh, yeah, Boots is the name of the dog. And uh, find soldiers who've been wounded and are still alive so that the medics know who to, where to go out to rescue people. Uh, the second one is set in Greenland in World War II when a team has set up bases there to in case uh, planes crash while they're flying back and forth from Europe and America. And so it's all, they have teams of dog sleds. So they yep. have a lot of people training dogs to help rescue people. And the third one is much less of an active war story. It's uh, a young kid who has a new puppy and a strange uh, stranger moves in uh, across the street from him who is a returned Vietnam vet who was uh, one of the dog handlers from Vietnam who would use his dog to both sniff out traps. It would just basically, it's a scout who would go on patrols with people with his dog. Yeah, and they, he would find like traps and people hiding in trees and stuff like that. Yeah. And there was a bunch of other stuff going on in the first story, too. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Um, Those are the <clears throat> overviews. Like, uh, it, it, it's a lot about uh, two different sides on World War One: the the British and, and the uh, the Germans, Germans yeah. who basically were just in... Um, uh, why can't I remember what those things are Trench called? warfare. Yeah, yeah. And, tre- and and they're just kind of lazily shooting at each other. Yeah. And it kind of all comes together at, at Christmas, which I think is like kind of a, a thing that you see in these war stories a lot, yeah. but where they kind of celebrate together. And I, I thought it was a, I thought that was a pretty cool story. Yeah. That, was cool. that scene was really cool. They had a truce and they kind of saw a lot of stuff in common and it was pretty interesting. They were both into Manchester United. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Well, at least that was in like 1918 or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, they didn't yeah. know no better. And the art, in the, the art in this whole thing is really cool. Uh, Nathan Fox is awesome. I feel like he's a guy that in the past has been accused of being a sort of Paul Pope 
uh, wannabe. Yeah. But I think he's definitely come into his own style. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I thought the art in this was really good. And all the story, all the stories were actually like really touching, like a story with them with you know people in their. Dogs he must have spent a lot of time watching dogs because he, he everything he every time he drew a, drew a dog it was, bleh, drew a dog it was like spot on right it looked exactly like a dog would look in that situation it was really cool it's but like all the emotions of it like you know carrying down in fear or like being excited it was really really well done yeah i mean if you're drawing a graphic novel about dogs that's probably a good way to go yeah study some dogs. <laughs> wait was this published by scholastic Yes. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, wow. Okay, Graphics, that, that was yeah. the thing that was interesting, because they're the ones who do Bone and Amulet and all these other books. So, like, I'll tell you right up front, no dogs are harmed on screen in this book. On so, screen. I think this oh, book is perfectly fine for younger kids. It's got the a little bit of war stuff. So people get shot. is basically a guy with PTSD coming back from Vietnam. It's kind of intense. Yeah, like, it's intense, but I mean, I don't think it's so uh, just like for I don't think it's kids. inappropriate. Yeah, I think okay. you know, I, I think it's like it's it's not any more intense than some of the stuff that happens in Amulet. Yeah. When that's people's true. parents get killed. <laughs> that happens off screen. But uh yeah, yeah no, I I think it's, you know, I think it's probably meant for 12, 13 year olds. Yeah, it's got a little like bit of war stuff like people yeah, get shot like and stuff. stuff. So. Yeah. But it's also very educational and at, yeah. at points in, too. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah, I thought it was a cool book. Yeah. Cool. Uh, all right. Up next, we've got Ironbound. Uh, this was published by Secret a- Acres. This is uh, written and drawn by Brendan Leach. We talked about his Sludge City comic on here before, yep. which was kind of a, future, a book about futuristic thugs. Yeah. And this <laughs> is about thugs in the 50s. Oh, man. This book was super awesome. <laughs> uh, this is kind of like what Gang Wars. No, not really. But um, basically, this is about... Um, it's about it's a guy named Eddie and his and his buddy uh, Benny. B- Benny, who are greasers, and they have like leather jackets and they carry switchblades. Yeah, they're greasers. Um, and in the beginning, they're coming, they're coming back on a bus, and you, you kind of get an understand a quick understanding of their personalities because you know Eddie's more reserved and he's like, oh, chill, man, and 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 Benny's crazy and just starts punching people and going insane. And you kind of get it in, in into their lives, and you see that they're working kind of for a mobster um and they're just doing whatever he asked them to and they get into some crazy situations um and as it goes along it gets more and more complex um there's like a detective looking for the two of them for a murder and then you see that that maybe that detective is not what he seems and it gets layered and layered but at the core it's about these two friends um yeah i think it's and what they go through together I think it's mostly about them, and and then uh, there's a lot of focus also on uh, two girls that they're dating, yeah. uh, and how they get kind of wrapped up in everything that's going on. Uh, it's it's sort of a classic story of like the loose cannon and a gang. Right. It's, I think that it's a story that like in Romper Stomper and right. uh, uh, This Is England and a couple other movies yeah. like that, and like stuff like the Wild Ones going back to the to the greaser stuff. They actually watched the Wild Ones in this. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, but I thought this was uh, I thought it was just really well delivered, especially yeah. the I thought the first half of the book was maybe a little stronger than the second half, but uh, but overall it was I, th- I thought it was just an interesting story and it had an interesting tone to it that you don't see in a lot of comics. Like I felt like it really captured the feel of like those Ellie Kazan movies and stuff right. like on the waterfront from the fifties. Yeah, um, it was just great crime stuff and. You can really feel these kids are just, like, they're right on the edge of becoming, like, bigger than they are. It's just, like, little hoodlums, but they're also yeah. right on the edge of, like, 
being out of control of like losing like just going too far into these things too right. so and i think brendan leach does a really great job of like he knows what he's writing about in this right. and he knows that the that the that the real story in this as much as the the sort of uh people are betraying each other right. and, and being used and moved around like pawns and stuff the main story in this is is about eddie and benny and their relationship and how they're friends and they're both sort of protective of each other but then they're they're just moving in different directions right. and, and and uh I think a really good example of that is there's there's a scene where they're just talking and um, Benny smashes this glass on the boardwalk and almost like cuts this girl that's yeah, this, on there, this little kid. This little kid and, and, you know, as he's leaving, Eddie's like, you know, I'm sorry, is your daughter okay or whatever? But the, the dad's like, just get out of here, you greaseball. And it's like yeah. it's like the, the sort of associations that they have with each other and how their friendship is, I think, is really interesting. Yeah. And it ends up being a big part of the climax right. of the book, too, which is yeah. a really, really cool Everything scene comes together gonna, pretty crazy, yeah. yeah. And uh, another cool thing is there's a flexi disc in this book. Yep. Yeah, there's a part where there's a big brawl and... They break they, the brawl spills into like a place where there's a there's a band playing. Yeah, it's like a juke joint. And yeah. as soon as you get into that part, there's like a a, a vinyl like what are they called? Flexi it's disc. a flexi, flexi disc. disc. They used to put yeah. them in magazines and like stuff a, a lot. Like a record, you just get it out and put it in your record player if you still have one. And that's the um, band that's playing. Yeah, and you yeah. Can, and it seems like it actually goes along with what's happening. Because is there an MP3 link or something on there too where you can listen possibly. to? Possibly. Yeah, that, hopefully. But uh, yeah, I thought that was a cool little touch. I was kind of surprised when I got to that. It was kind of cool. And uh, yeah, the whole thing. The whole thing I thought was great. I do think there there is a point in the book where it starts to meander a little bit about two-thirds of the way through, but I think it, it all pulls back together and wraps up really well. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and his art's great. It's it's really loose. Uh, the way he paces things, I think, is really interesting. Yeah. He'll you know be in the middle of, of kind of a scene, but then he'll just take a couple panels to kind of show what's going on, you know, the kind of uh, the setting of it. Right. And, and yeah. it kind of gives everything... Um, like a little, a little bit of an eeriness, yeah. especially yeah. in some of the, like the the nighttime scenes and stuff. Uh, yeah, I thought it was really well executed. I just thought it was like an interesting book with great characters. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Yeah, cool. Uh, all right, up next we've got uh, Marvel. Now what? This is by uh, a bunch of people. You can go on the webpage and check it out. But uh, mostly, it's a uh, framing the framing stories by Scotty Young, mm-hmm. uh, who does like the. A babies versus X babies yeah, or yeah. whatever. And then there's some stories in there by like Wyatt Cenac who did uh, another, the, the other Marvel book that was like this and, and a bunch of other people, a bunch of cool yeah. people. Uh, yeah, but this is just uh, a book that's Marvel making fun of themselves. This again shows that Marvel's got a sense of humor and DC doesn't because this is not just like, haha funny. This is like tearing apart all of Marvel's like idiosyncratic, stupid things they do and really showing how bad, they do some things but also how like funny some things they do are um, yeah and just the fact that they're aware of it and they right, they yeah. know just yeah exactly it they makes know it all better. their yeah like uh like at the 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 sort of first scene in this well the uh, after the sort of framing thing with the the ex babies or whatever mm-hmm. they talk about um you know like marvel then versus marvel, marvel now. now and yeah. it was like marvel then uh uncanny x-men new x-men uh extreme x-men and avengers versus x-men and it's like marvel now uncanny avengers uh new avengers a Treem avengers and avengers versus avengers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which i thought i thought that was really funny and yeah, it, the whole book is just stuff like that it's just it's yeah, just them if, if you read a lot of marvel comics this is very funny yeah it's just them making fun of like a lot of editorial decisions they've made yep. it's really funny. Like, they're like we're introducing like red cable red cable <laughs> yeah. and oh, spider boy. spider she hulk or whatever yeah and and she's like Avenger, or what is it? Uh, X Avengers Assemble. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. There's yeah, Red Cable cracked me up. Uh, 
Yeah, and uh, there are a couple other really sh- they're like sh- just short goofy stories yeah. in here. There's one where Doctor Octopus becomes um, a puppeteer. Yep. <laughs> yeah. uh, using all eight of his arms at the same time uh and yeah just the i thought the whole thing was really fun yeah, yeah there are a really couple fun. that fall flat or just there's not much to them um and a lot of these you you do have to know marvel yeah like, i think that's enough marvel stuff to get it otherwise you just be like this is stupid i think that's basically yeah. all of this no. yeah I, I didn't love the wyatt Cenac uh stuff the colleen coover ones i i thought yeah. they were just they were like little one page gags and they just didn't yeah. really do it for me but overall i thought the book was really funny yeah yeah yeah, I laughed out loud at a couple of these. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, like Jared said, you definitely want to know a lot about Marvel going into this, or you're not going to get these jokes because they're mm-hmm. making fun of some 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 very deep insider stuff. stuff. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the the Steve Lieber Captain oh, yeah, America really story good. where Red Skull has been pretending to be Captain America's girlfriend online is really funny. Oh, yeah, okay. really great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, up next, we've got uh, Pretty Deadly Number One. Oh boy! Oh boy! This book. Uh, this is written by Kelly Sue DeConnick, who is uh, just a, like exploding as being an awesome person in yeah. general. Writing um, uh, Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel and was writing Avengers Assemble until just recently, and is now writing uh, this book. Yeah, she has a thing in the back about this about talking like she did a book for Image, like a short story in an anthology in 2011 or something. Oh. That's it. Like, she's really new to the scene. Yeah. Which, she seems like she's been around much longer because she's doing such good stuff. But, it's but really she's, surprising. she's got a great writing style. And yeah. uh, I think it, with this book, she proves that she can do different stuff besides sort of Bendis-y, snarky right. uh, stuff. And, right. and then the art in this is by Emma Rios, who Ooh, we love. has been amazing for years. But actually... Th- doesn't have like a ton of output she's That's true she hasn't done a whole whole lot of stuff yeah. uh but the ones that have sort of stood out for me is she did the uh doctor strange season one yeah. graphic novel which was fantastic yeah, that spider island what was that yep cloak spider island dragon. cloak and dagger which was so so good is that even in print yeah it's in the spider island and, another doctor, okay. and another doctor strange uh yeah that just one called strange that was yeah. about when doctor strange was depowered and he was training a new sorcerer yeah. uh yeah but uh this is a lot different than those things. This is basically um, yeah. The try, way, try and explain this. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, so the way the main story in this is told is uh, through a sort of epic poem uh, about uh, a woman who was uh, sort of the prettiest woman in town, who was married off to this rich guy and put up in a tower, and uh, and. Uh, it's it's pretty crazy. She kills herself, and the devil comes and falls in love with her. Or death comes. Yeah, death death comes and and falls in love with her, and uh, and then she's sort of resurrected as this. I think it's, they have a baby together. No, they have a baby. Oh yeah, sorry, they have a baby together, yeah. and uh, the baby is this uh, this character who's kind of shows up at the end of the book. She's pretty and deadly. Yeah. And so the core of this is kind of that story being told by this little girl who's like has a vulture on her head. Yeah. yeah. So the setting is kind of like fantastic wild west. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's old timey West, but there's enough like strange elements like this girl who's wearing a vulture cape cloak. thing. Yeah. I think it's got a, like a little bit of magical realism yeah. to it. And so also, I mean, I don't want to, I'm afraid this will get too many direct comparisons to Dark Tower, but it, there is yeah. a little bit of that feel to it as well. Yeah. Just that mixture of fantasy and Western. But, uh, yeah, I think at the core of this, what it's going to end up being is uh, a Western ghost revenge story. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I'm totally down with that. It's so good. I I like this more than anything else I read this week. It was just... Um, yeah, certainly. The way it was told <laughs> was very different. Um, and, like, I I didn't know, like... It wasn't that I didn't know what was going on. It was like, at first I was just, it's so jarring, like how it starts. And as it builds along, it gets more interesting. And I love all the characters that they introduce in it. There's like the almost blind, um, 
uh, what how do you think a bounty hunter, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah. Guarding the um, little girl. Yeah. And he's guarding the little girl. And then you in one issue, like a couple panels, you see like a thing where he's talking to somebody he's known and you can you feel that he's known them his whole life and I don't know. There's a lot of like little hints is like about his eyes, like, you know, things that happened to him in the past and just like tons of little things happen and they all build up so well and I don't know. Yeah, it's, I, it's awesome. I think I've, I've seen some people say it like seems confusing, or a couple of people have said that. Too. I think so. It, this is a challenging book. Like Nick was saying, this is not straightforward. Like square panels. Like in Maria's, like for example, when uh, the girl is singing the song, they are kind of doing a touring carnival. So they have a giant like uh, painting, the drawing thing that they point to different parts to tell the story of this you know poor woman and how she died. And like the panels come flying off, like their tarot cards, which are in a different style, and then like swirling behind it is like the stories that happen. It's so there's a lot more like that of like very interesting layouts and storytelling techniques. Yeah, but I don't think it's ever muddled. It's not no, like no. Uh, and like a lot of people try to do things like that. It's yeah. complex. And, yeah, it's yeah. complex, that's, but that's yeah, say, but yeah. not confusing. I feel like uh, similar to the first issue of East to West, which a lot yep. of people were confused by. But it's like it's like if you can put the effort into it and really pay attention yeah. to it, uh, it's that much more rewarding. Yeah. Uh, and the book is beautiful i so good emma rios is has been a great artist for a long time this is easily the best thing she's ever done yeah uh yep. like jared said the page layouts are fantastic the coloring is really great too oh, man, um yeah. and just jordy belair on this one i don't know if it's jordy belair or not but uh everything about this is great yeah it's belair yeah 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 jordy belair is the yeah. best <laughs> and, the, and the pacing and everything about it is great and once i got to the end i was like yes yeah and, <laughs> i was so excited to read the yeah. next issue is which doesn't happen a lot and i think uh kind of what nick was saying was like um it's it's not as much confusing it's it's just has this sort of ethereal feel about it like you're like it's like it's like very yeah. dreamy and it, yeah and it doesn't you don't know everything that's that's going on like but that's not like a bad thing but that's great that's you, you want to know what's what's happening and what 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 did all these you just want to know more are. about this world yeah. yeah yeah which i think that's harder to do yeah. than to just tell people what's going on yeah right yeah. um and i feel like uh i feel like that's why to me uh when i when i was going into this with kelly sue DeConnick writing i was kind of expecting one thing and uh i think what what it ended up being is just like uh, leaps and bounds. Yeah, you were like, I it'll expect. be a you know kind of fun western with some snappy dialogue. Yeah, but it's so much deeper and complex than that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great, and uh, the, I think the best book of the week. Yeah, yeah and again, like the sure. thing I said about her having this like long prose piece talking about her history with comics and everything. Like this is feels like a very personal work to her in particular, and obviously Emma put a lot into it. But just like like again, like we were just talking about, like the leap from like a corporate book to your own image book, and just. That she poured herself into it. It's amazing. Yeah. It's great. Highly recommend it. Our highest recommendation. Our highest. Uh, all right. Up next, we've got uh, Samurai Jack number one. Yes. This is written by Jim Zub uh, with art by Andy Siriano. And I believe those are both guys that worked on the TV show. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Uh, I know Jim Zub did. Did uh, he really? Yeah. Because he's the guy who was doing like... How was that? Was he doing the Dun- the Pathfinder comic? He's oh, written a bunch of fantasy stuff. But uh, this this uh, is going to finish up Samurai Jack, which was the show that ended before it was intended to. Yeah. And um, yeah. But basically, this is just it. Just feels like another Samurai Jack episode. Yeah, it's great. Samurai Jack. If you guys are unfamiliar with it, is about a samurai who's fighting kind of an evil sorcerer, dragon and, demon thing. Um. He gets sent into the future, and in this future, that sorcerer kind of rules the world, and it's like a weird future with all sorts of robots and monsters and stuff, Um, and he's just trying to get back home, and this storyline kind of starts getting him on his path back home. He finds out, it's kind of funny, it's kind of like an excuse for him to have a bunch of adventures, because that's what 
that's what made Samurai Jack so great was all these little adventures he would go on. And so in this one, he finds out there's this magical rope of the, like, uh, and threads of time are attached to it and it's, it's ripped apart and all the pieces are scattered. So he has to find all the pieces and put them together to control time and go back home basically. Yeah. I mean, it's Samurai Jack has always, has always been sort of steeped in the, the kind of classic hero's journey stuff. It's always been very similar to something like the Odyssey and, uh, it's, it's about him trying to get home. And, uh, I think this is just another nod to that. It's like, you know, sort of the three quests or whatever that you have to do. It's, it's the golden fleece or it's something like that. I mean, it's pretty much exactly the golden fleece and, uh, yeah, it's, it's just done really well. Yeah. Um, the art in this is the fantastic. Is so good. So, so good. It's so energetic. It yeah. matches the style perfectly of the old show, but like, I think the layout and like the coloring, like, I don't know, like the first page where it's kind of like fading in. Ah, it's amazing. Yeah, I think, I think it, the, the interesting thing to me is it does match the style of the show, but if you were to just sort of take what would be snapshots from that cartoon, they wouldn't have that dynamism that right. I think that this has. Right. Uh, so everything's very loose in it. It feels almost more like you're looking at storyboards or something right. like that. Yeah. But then it's very comic smart, too. Like the like the page layouts are, are well done. Right. And uh, the little things like the lighting is really great. And I think um, they just know how to set a mood really well. And the action scenes are fantastic. Yeah, which um, is a Samurai Jack thing. Yeah. All the action scenes are always great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this is a great book. I think if you're a fan of the cartoon, it's like a must have. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you're, if you're not a fan, it's, it's still a really good book, but I, I think, uh, I think you'd be better off just going back and watching all of Samurai Jack and then buying this. <laughs> yeah, you should do. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so just one more book this week. This is Velvet Number One. This is written by Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting, who were the team behind, uh, Captain the, America. the relaunch of Captain America with the Winter Soldier and Red Menace and all that stuff. And, uh, this is their new book from Image, another big, big new Image book this week. Yep. And I thought this book was really cool. It was uh, kind of, it, it kind of reminded me of something like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Yep. But with the action of something like a Modesty Blaze or yeah. or like the old Avengers uh, yeah. um, uh, TV show from the 60s. Uh, the basic plot of this is uh, there's a group of special agents and one of them is murdered. And uh, the, way, the way that it happens, uh, the kind of top brass decide that you know it could have only happened with some inside information so they yep. feel like there's a mole in the organization which is very much the tinker Taylor soldier spy yep. uh thing that i was getting from it and uh this main girl uh the main uh female lead velvet is uh seems like she's potentially being framed for this murder yeah she's yeah. like one of the older spies who's like not really on the in the field that much anymore yeah well, the, she's basically they call her secretary it's almost like if money penny from the james bond films had been an awesome spy who just worked back at the base right so like a lot of like almost everyone else in this are male characters and so like there's a constant underestimating of her and not really knowing what she i, I don't even underestimate they just don't know she can do this stuff right. right so when she throws herself into like investigating what happened to her friend uh, or and her lover this uh spy guy she's like kind of already ready to do this yeah and it's it's told in an interesting way it's kind of takes place in two different time periods sort of showing her relationship with this character and why why this is important to her while also sort of setting up uh some stuff i think it's like in 68 and 73 or something like that uh while also sort of setting up um this conspiracy that's going on inside of the organization and there's like double crosses and triple crosses and some cool twists here and there i feel like stories like this can can easily be really hard to follow yeah uh a lot of people do things like this like uh something like the activity which i think was you know just an okay version of something like this but uh but ed brubaker is 
his writing is so sharp. Yep. And Steve Epting, Steve Epting's art is like so easy to read. Yeah. But besides the fact that it looks amazing, it's like it's just really easy to follow. Um, he sets it's very cinematic. It's very yeah. easy to follow. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the whole book is just like it reads really well, and it should easily be a very complicated book. Right. When people are like, "Oh, well, X fourteen did this, and X thirty three did this, and right. you know, but what about X twenty three and yeah. this other person?" And uh, but they do a really good job of setting up a, a couple core characters that you really need to know about. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, it was just all really, really well done. If you like Ed Brubaker, you'll love this. Yeah. It's very much, it has the tone of a lot of Ed Brubaker stuff. Yep. With a little bit of, uh, some sixties weirdness kind of in there too. Yeah. It actually, I mean, it feels like that, like that early Captain America stuff and, and yeah. it has that, um, it has that energy to it that I think made that so great and right. got everybody so excited about that. And yeah. I think if you love that stuff, uh, you know, definitely check this out, even if you just read superhero books. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, it's it's great. I know Jared loved it. Dum Dum so Dugan is in it. <laughs> yeah, sort of. <laughs> There's a guy that looks exactly yeah. like Dum Dum Dugan. Uh, yeah, but that's it for this week. A lot of really good books. It's yep. a great week. Yeah. yeah. We'll be back next week with uh, our special Spooky. Halloween episode. So, yeah, uh, send us uh, Halloween questions or suggestions of the kind of stuff that you'd want us to talk about. Uh, you can send them to our Twitter at Big Planet Comics or um, post something on our Facebook. And uh, we'll see you guys then. Take care.